I thank you again for bringing me here to this place and this church. And I bow before you, oh God, here tonight as we dedicate this meeting, this today, tomorrow, and Wednesday to you, oh God. This entire gathering here for these three days, we hand it over to you, oh God. Let it be that you will do something unimaginable, something beyond our comprehension. You will stretch our imaginations and glorify your name. Let nothing stop you. Get the attention of every heart. Holy Ghost, you know I'm nothing without you. Our gathering is in vain without you. Please, my Father, my God, anoint me, Lord, and use me for your glory. And bless your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, most of the teachings I do here are on television also. They are on CNL. You can watch that. You can see some of the meetings that I preach here. They are also on CNL. And some of them are going to be also on TBN. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I know today is Monday. What is your best day in the week? Every day. You're smart. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, um, but I want to get that. I want us to begin today in a very simple way. I want to lay the foundation for these things here. Is anybody here a diver? A deep sea diver? Anybody here a diver? Anybody here like diving? Uh, now, anybody likes to surf? Surfing? Suffer, no? Now, anybody like to jump out of airplanes? <laughs> Who? <laughs> you like that? Now, anybody here is a rope walker? You walk on rope? I mean, really walking on high? Anybody? You guys are normal people. <laughs> Nobody here does something strange. <laughs> well, I got a strange message for you. <laughs> so, in the book of Matthew, very familiar scripture, we can begin. Uh, Matthew chapter 16. And you know the story already. When the Lord asked his disciples, whom do men say that I am? Okay, and that's verse 13. And then they say to him, some say that you are John the Baptist, some Elias, some others, Jeremiah, some one of the prophets, said unto them, but whom say that I am? And Simon Peter said, answer, said unto him, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Wow. Wow. Upon this rock I will build my church. You have to understand that Jesus, our Lord, came to this earth to build something. He came to build he came to build the church. And if you remember there in the book of Luke, chapter 6, and verse 48, he said these words, For a servant we can begin, Whosoever cometh to me 
and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep. And laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the streams beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Say with me, dig deep. Say again, dig deep. Wow. All right, you say with me, dig deep. Okay. So that is, so the Lord came here on earth to build the church. And for him to build the church, which the powers of hell cannot prevail, cannot destroy, cannot withstand, cannot stop its advancement, he has to dig very deep. If you are to build a skyscraper that will reach to heaven, you have to dig what? Deep to lay the foundation. Now, we are in a season in the human race where almost everything is collapsing. Every human institutions, things we had thought before were invincible, are becoming invincible. Things we thought before, nothing can break, nothing can destroy, they are falling apart. People we thought we were superstars and superheroes and untouchables, and people who are bigger than life. Today we see them crouching, trying to hold together. So we are in the season of the human race where many things are shaking and many things are being destroyed. Families, marriages, homes, societies, firms and businesses, they're collapsing. Much of the world's institutions are heavily shaken. Things we thought were rock solid now are just crumbling down. But the Lord Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell and no powers, no forces, no wisdom, no strength, no might, nothing can be able to withstand its force. I like to be a part of something that is strong. <laughs> Hallelujah to Jesus. I like to be a part of something strong. Something you know can survive the storm. Survive the earthquakes. Survive any attacks. God's plan is to make the church invincible. Saul of Tarsus. Tried all he could to destroy the church of Jesus Christ. On the road to Damascus to kill and to arrest Christians, he met the rock of ages. When he struck him down, he said to him, hey boy, it is hard for you to kick against the pricks. That means you're going to break your legs. You are kicking at something that is, uh, you can't just destroy. I like to be a part of something that is a rock solid. Somebody say hallelujah. Rock solid friendship, partnership, relationships, families, marriages, something rock solid. And if you really want to be a part of something rock solid, make sure its foundation is laid strongly. Firmly 
strongly established. So the Lord Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Our God is an amazing God. Our God is a master builder. He knows how to lay foundations. He likes to see his work stand the test of time. Somebody say hallelujah. You know, Lucifer thought he, he knew all about God. Him and one third of heaven's angels, they thought they have found out all about God and all his power and might and wisdom and strength. And they think, listen, if we attack now, we will overtake him. So he, he thought that, you know, I found out how I can actually overthrow God and become God myself and, and own my own universe. So he tried. He put all, all his energy and force to try to overthrow God in heaven. Oh, you know the story. He fell. Because the foundation of heaven is strong. Somebody say hallelujah. And, and, and he tried with all his might and force. With one third of the angels. But the Bible said their place was no more found. For they were cast out. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you and I in these three days, whatever tries to overthrow your life, whatever tries to overthrow your mind and your life and everything you are involved in, that that thing will be cast out in the name of Jesus. Any force any powers, any wisdom, any intelligence, whatever is set up against you to overthrow your family, your life, your marriage, that thing will fall in three days in the name of Jesus. What are these things in your body? Diseases, and while I'm speaking now, things are going to be falling off your body. Tumors will be collapsing right now in Jesus' name. Fog is happening from your eyes right now. Ears are opening right now. Any tumor, any cancer, any spell over your life, I command them to be broken in the name of Jesus. Any witchcraft, any demonic spell over your marriage, any spell cast upon you that every six months you have an accident. Every six months, you crash your car. Every six months, something burns in your house. The fridge break. The car break. The stove burn. I command that spell over your family to be broken in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And you are there. You, whenever you are pregnant, you have a dream and you lose the baby. Every, every time at the third month, it goes off. Today, I decree it in the name of Jesus Christ. It will never happen again. Your woman will conceive and keep a baby and bring forth a healthy child in the name of Jesus Christ. The season of aborted blessing is over. Now, say with me, the season of aborted blessings is over. You know, some people, they can never finish anything. They will start something, but they can never finish it. They begin the school, they can't continue. They start a job, they're gone two months. They can't retain nothing. 
they're almost always hemorrhaging. They begin a relationship, but it breaks after a little while. When everybody thinks, yeah, this time, this thing will hold, it breaks apart again. They cannot, they have no root in the ground, nothing, no root. Even in the church, they can't stay somewhere for a long time. That's not a blessing. God wants you and I to be firmly planted. Stop running from place to place. Get your root somewhere. Somebody say hallelujah. Get your root somewhere. Take root deep down. Bring forth fruit upward. We are in a season, a generation where everybody's on the move. People are always, you know, trying and testing everything. Jack of all trade and master of none. Get somewhere and plant yourself there like a seed. Somebody say hallelujah. Stop marrying, divorcing, and marrying, and divorcing. If you come here, I'm going to slap you. You're always divorcing, and marrying, and divorcing. What are you looking for? <laughs> Be patient with one person and stay with them. Somebody say hallelujah. Life is too expensive. Do it twice again. You know why many of you here divorce and marry, divorce and marry? Because it costs you nothing. Yeah, it costs you nothing. Where I come from, before you get married, it costs you a lot of money. You may have to bring about three cows. I mean, huge cows. <laughs> I married my wife four times. Four times. That is almost how many times I'm flying from Europe back to Africa. Four times. Big parties. Some time with a thousand people in the celebration. You don't want to do that twice in your life. That's too expensive. That's why if you marry, you are married. Why? It's too expensive to do it twice. But you guys see a married only with a little flower in your hand and hamburger. So that's, that's cheap. That's, that's, you can do it ten times. It's no problem. But if it really costs a lot of money, you don't want to do that twice. It's too expensive. Even if your wife slaps you, say, I forgive you. Okay? Don't go. Stay with me. It's too expensive. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Upon this rock, I will build my church. The Son of God wants to establish your life upon the rock. Upon that impenetrable fortress. Impenetrable. He wants to fortify our lives. Because he knows what is coming. He want to snatch us out of the Marie Claire and plant us deep in the rock. Because he knows our enemy. He knows where we are. He knows what is around us. And he doesn't want you and I to be carried away with the flood of the wicked. Say with me, Heavenly Father, strengthen me and plant me deep in the rock of ages. In Jesus' name. So you see, when he said this to them, he says, the man digs deep and lay the foundation. Many Christians today are falling apart because their foundation of faith is so shallow. 
Some of them have never stayed anywhere long enough to really be planted deep. So they have never taken root in nowhere. So they, are, they don't really know, they are not established in any teaching. When the disciples in the book of Acts, people, when people believed in Acts chapter 2, the Bible said they continued without stopping. They continued persistently in the doctrine of the apostles, in breaking of bread and in prayers. So they really took the time to lay a very strong and solid foundation. So you have to be patient and give God some time to lay in you the foundation of faith. Somebody say hallelujah. God's word works. It takes time to lay a foundation that will be strong enough and deep enough to survive all the attacks of the enemy. To survive all the noises of the world around us. So, dig deep. I was in the Caribbeans, preaching there in the Caribbeans, on, in, in the Virgin Islands. And my friend there, they have a very big church there where I was preaching. The wife is the main pastor. He is an um, undersea engineer. He's an electrician. So, he, he does a cabling under the seas. And so, during, after the hurricane... Much of that work that they did was destroyed. And so he said that they have to go back to the ocean floors to correct some things there so that it can, they will be able to function well. Because with the hurricane and all that, many things were damaged. So they have to do some repair in the ocean floors. So if you just did the repair up here in the surface, it would not really get the job done. You have to dive deep. So sometimes they have to bring their divers to dive deep to the ocean floor to make some corrections. You see, Christ knew that the damage done to the human life is so deep. That you can't just repair it up here. So when he, when Peter said to him, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, oh, wow, that's great, Peter. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And hell's gate cannot prevail against it. Then the Bible says in that uh, Matthew chapter uh, 16, the next thing he said to them was this. And it says in verse um, 21, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall never be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou sufferest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Just imagine that. He said to them, okay, now you know I am the Christ. I am the son of the living God. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Then he began to tell them to build this church, which the gates of hell cannot prevail against, which the powers of the infinite world cannot be able to overcome, to really be able to lay the foundation 
of this indestructible thing which will endure for all time and eternity to do it really to lay the foundation I must dig deep Peter said no you don't must do that no Lord don't do that don't do that you can see some friends in the church who, who think they love you so much who think they like you and they're kind, they're nice. So they, they try to tell you, oh, don't dig so deep. I'm also a Christian. Why do you pray an hour? Can't you just pray for 10 minutes? Why do you read the Bible all the time and go to church every day? Stay home and watch online. Why don't even dare say you are fasting? It doesn't look good on you. There are good people, nice people, loving people who will praise you and praise you. They just want you to remain the way you are. They don't want you to dig deeper. Because they cannot handle you being different. Because if you become different, that means they also must have to adjust to be able to fit in with you. So they say, hey, let's stay here. Don't go any further. If you dare go further, you lose me. And so if you really want to dig deeper and get more out of the Christian experience, a time will come when you must tell somebody whom you just told, wow, you are a great guy. My heavenly father have spoken to you indeed. And you are pillar upon this rock. I'll, I'll give the keys of the kingdom. You have to learn some time to reject the ideas of those who once praised you and you praised them. Here was Peter. Jesus said, super. You, you're a smart guy. You really got the revelation. God really spoke to you. Okay, now, you got this revelation now. Next revelation. You know what it is? No. I must go. Not may, must. It is imperative. There's no other way. I must. I have no choice. I must go to Jerusalem. I'll be arrested. I'll be despised. I'll be broken in pieces. I'll be thrown in pieces. I'll hang on the cross. I'll descend deep to the domain of the damned. You lost your best friend there. You lost your best friend there. Peter said, don't dare go that deeper. Give offerings, that's okay, but don't talk about tight. If you tight, tight, I will tight you. Tight you out of the house. Go on Sundays, but not on Tuesdays. Go on Sunday, not on Wednesday. If you dare say you fast, you are finished. Never go to pastor for any counseling. Don't get too active. Don't get too serious. Don't be committed. Listen, let me tell you something. We are a superficial, naughty, silly generation. We think we are smart, but we are fools. 
Because we have somehow learned not to take anything seriously. Just play along. Play along. Don't let anyone come too close to you. Just do it your way. That's a lie from hell. That is why we are always carried away by the wind. If you always want your friends who doesn't want to change or go further with you to always like you and praise you, then you are going nowhere. You must come to a place in your life where you tell your friend, I am now ready to dig deeper. Somebody say hallelujah. Tell your husband, yes, we pray for 10 minutes as we normally do. But after that, I need extra oil. You can go once in a month. That's not enough for me. I have developed the appetite for more. Say with me, Lord, help me develop the appetite for more. If you are satisfied, you are dead. If you are comfortable, you are dead. You must learn how to trouble yourself to go further. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. So from that time on, he began to tell them how he must go to Jerusalem. And be rejected. And be condemned. And be judged. And be crucified and die and the third day rise again. Because he knew that the salvation of the human race will cost more than just walking on water. Than just healing the sick and casting out devils. Than just cleansing the leper and multiplying bread and feeding people. It will cost more than just raising Lazarus back from the dead. You raise him from the dead today, he dies again tomorrow. You feed them today, they are hungry again tomorrow. They drink today, they are thirsty tomorrow. Nothing you do there is permanent. They have no root in the ground. The salvation of the human race goes beyond just miracles and healings and and signs and and wonders. Many Christians today, the Jesus they know is the one that didn't go to the cross yet. We know the one that walked on water and healed the sick, cast out devils, raised the dead, multiplied bread, calmed the storm. That's the Christ we know. And that's the one we follow. But that's not where it stopped. That, those ones were just a prelude to the main thing. Somebody say hallelujah. So Peter was satisfied. Everybody was happy with the Lord. Healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devil, cleansing lepers, multiplying bread. I mean, doing these wonderful things. What else? Soon we're going to be prime ministers of Israel. He said, uh-uh. There is something more to the salvation of the human race than just healing the sick and casting out devils. I must dive deep. I must take the axe to the root of the tree. 
the root of the tree. I must go to the infinite regions where the documents that Adam gave to Satan is hidden in hell. Where your, where your lives are programmed. I must go deep to the war chest of hell. I must go where the software is being programmed. Where your mind is being manipulated and controlled. I can't do it from up here. I must go down deep there. <laughs> so that when that is done everything can be permanent the foundation pillars must be laid deep to the deepest hell and high to the highest heaven so he said I must go he began to tell them Day after day. But somehow, none of them understood that. None of them believed that. None of them. That's not the good gospel. That's not the beautiful gospel. That's not the nice preaching thing. Dying, bleeding, cursing, sickness. No, no, no. That's that end. They were not happy with that. They don't, they, no matter how he told them, many times they still can't get it. There are people in the church today that just don't get anything before, after the cross. They, they just want to know the Jesus who was born by Mary, who did the miracles and signs and wonders, and then that's it. They will follow him all the way to the miracles and healings and bread and raising the dead. That's it. But to go with him all the way to the cross. No, no. We're going to stay this way and wait till you do it. If you're going to see a permanency, something deeper, something beyond, something that is invincible, if you want your Christian life to go beyond the superficial, you have to take root deep down. You must identify with his cross, his death, and his resurrection. Then you can go to bed. And if Lucifer knock on your door or come into your room, you say, Oh, is that you? Just you? You go back to bed and sleep. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So he said, I must Go to Jerusalem. I must be crucified. If the corn of wheat does not fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. Many of us have come to a place in our life where it seems as if the rivers just stop flowing. We, it's like everything's just we stand still. We try to, we don't know what, we can go beyond this. Why is what stopped the flow? You have run out of the fuel of revelation. You, 
your spiritual gasoline has dried up. You said, how do I get more gasoline to the cross? <laughs> Everything was going well. And then, yes, what is wrong? Try nothing. Try all the techniques you know, nothing. And even your prayer life. You're worshiping, your excitement, joy. It's like everything just stopped. Growth stopped. Excitement stopped. Joy stopped. Everything seemed to be frozen on a standstill. You don't know what next to do. Many Christians begin to try to apply different method to see if they can make some progress in what they are doing. What you need is not a method. What you need is a deeper identification. Say with me, deeper identification. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I don't want to give you too much tonight so you can come tomorrow. I've been coming here for a long time. You guys are smart people. <laughs> so, understand this. The Lord said to them, I must die. I must be crucified. Except the corn of wheat fought the ground, it abides alone. Much of what we use in life goes through death before they can bless us. Just imagine how much heat you apply at the ironing machine to make your trousers stretch, to stretch out the wrinkles out of your dress. That dress co- goes through crucifixion as you put a hot iron on that material to stretch out all the wrinkles. That's crucifixion. So Jesus said, I must lay the foundation of the church. And if I don't go deeper to the ocean floor, I will never be able to make a permanent correction. Everything I do will be subject to change and destruction. And for me to lay a deep foundation, I must go deep to the ocean floor and change everything. I must go down and uproot it from the fountain head. The healing must go deeper than just what you feel and what you see, how the weather goes. The deliverance, I must go deeper so it can become permanent. Not just something temporal. The cleansing from sin and forgiveness must go deeper. Yes, Mary Magdalene, you are forgiven. You are delivered. But if I don't go deeper and get the root out of the ground, it can come back on you again. You may get it today and lose it tomorrow. So I want to make sure that whatever I give to you or you have from me is permanent. Just as God laid the foundation of the earth, he put the beams in the waters. God is an amazing God. We have a mighty father. He doesn't like to do some cheap things. God does mighty things. Somebody say hallelujah. When he laid the foundation of the earth, he planted beams in the deep of the oceans. He said to Job, Job, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me where the waters come from and where they go to. You want to ask me questions? Can you count the stars? Listen, do you know who your God is? Do you know who your father is? He is limitless. 
He is almighty. He is unfathomable. His works are perfect. He is mighty in power. He is glorious. He is awesome. Somebody shout hallelujah. Do you know the God that lives in you? You think he's a cheap Christianity? Do you know the hiding place of thunder? <laughs> ah, be enlarged, be enlarged, be enlarged in the name of Jesus. People think that Christianity is narrow. It is cheap rituals. No, you don't know Christianity. The foundation was dug deep to hell. It is not just an angel appeared to a drunken man in a cave and gave him a book. It is not just a, an angel moroni appeared to somebody there and gave him out of the dust. He gave me a piece of paper. <laughs> the root of our faith is deeper than hell. And it's higher than the heavens. You can be sure when you are in Christ, you are saved. When you are born again, you are a child of God. Somebody say hallelujah. Our God is a God of wonder. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think. Never you limit the salvation of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Don't limit it to your own personal experience. No. Don't. It is deeper than the ocean. Do you know that the Lord Jesus Christ, if all he did was to heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils and, and you know, walk on water, multiply bread, and it is, then he doesn't know me. He doesn't know man. If all he did was to heal the sick and cleanse the leper and raise the dead and cast out devils, walk on water, do all those miracles, then he doesn't know me. He doesn't know man. It was on the cross he knew man as man. It was on the cross he identified, he knew what sin really does to the soul of man. It was only on the cross that he tested death for every man. Until the cross, he didn't even know what is called rejection. Because all the time, he would say, my father is with me. My father is in me. I and the father, we are one. Until he went to the cross, did not know what Adam experienced when sin came to his heart. When God left Adam and devil entered in. He didn't, he didn't know man until the cross. It was on the cross when the curse of the human race came on him. that he understood what we live every day. Until the cross, he did not know sickness. He could heal it, but he didn't know it. <laughs> but on the cross, our diseases, the Bible says, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement for our peace was what? Laid on him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Only on the cross could he understand what it means to be sick. <laughs> what it means to be sick. <laughs> Do 
then he knew what, how cancer feels in the human body. Then on the cross, when our curse came on him, then he, the father left him. It was there he understood what it means to be left. What it means to be abandoned. Then he screamed, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? It is there he was able to identify with us as a forsaken people. Yeah. Now he is becoming like one of us. Now he has tested death. He know what it means, the stings of death, the poisons of temptation. Now he know darkness. Before they didn't know darkness. When the father left him on the cross, hell had no more resistance. He was now left naked, unprotected. Every demon in hell swamped on him. Now he could tell you, I knew it. I tested death. I know what it means to be forsaken. I know what it means to be sick. Until the cross, they didn't know sickness. He became like one of us. He bore the curse of the human race. And he descended down. The Bible says in the book of chapter 4 of Ephesians, when he ascended on high, he led captivity, what? Captive, and gave gifts unto men. Him who ascended is also the same one who did what? Who descended. He had to descend to the deeps of the domain of the damned. He had to put the footprint of victory in hell. He left a mark in hell till today that nothing can erase. He has to go down there and defeat our arch enemy there. He has to, it's, it's like killing Osama Bin Laden, kill him and then gather all his computers. So you can know what he was planning, which agent is where, whom he sent to kill here, as a snake here. So when you get the terrorist computer, you can see the system with which they operate. So Christ has to go to hell, defeat the devil there, and take all the handwriting of documents. All the systematic system of control and manipulation. How sin operates the agents of hell that was sent against you. The Bible said that you and I walked according to the cause of this world. The program that was set in place. By the prince of the power of the air. That thing that makes us behave that way. Behave strange. It's like you are going this way, but somehow you went this way. You don't even know why. There's a program. There's a system. There's a projection. There's a force. There's a plan. There's something that's in progress. Something that's set up in motion to influence your children and your grandchildren. So he has to go down there to find and to get the computer, the system, the program, which was set in force, in motion, to influence your life and your generations. Why you can't survive? Why you cannot be strong? Why you can't stop from sinning? He has to bring them all 
and delete all those handwritings with his blood. Whoo, somebody say hallelujah. Wow, wow, wow. Say with me, dig deep. And then he arose. And then he said, I am he that liveth and was dead. And now I have the keys. <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. I got the keys. I got the keys of, of hell and death. If I unlock you, no one can lock you. <laughs> I got the keys. I now have the system. I am in charge. Now, if you believe, you can be born again. Not just forgiven, but changed. Transformed. The foundation of the Christian life is deeper than hell. And then he took with him his own blood up to the throne of God. To seal our redemption. And he says. Whosoever believeth in him. Will not perish. But have everlasting life. You can never. Grow deeper and stronger. Than the revelation you have. Sometimes we run out of strength. Out of energy. We want to go for it but we can't. We don't know why. I love the Lord, I believe the Lord, but I can't just change. I can't just stop this. I can't just stop that. It's like this river just run dry. You have run out of revelation. And now God brings his word to us to open our eyes to new dimensions. You cannot go far in your Christian life without allowing the cross revealed to you, revealed in you, and revealed through you. You cannot just depend on the Christ before the cross. You can't go far. You will not have a deep root. We must understand the cross and identify with it. We have to understand what happened. And now, Christ that comes to you is no more that healer. That Galilean, that Mary's boy, the one that comes to you, he comes to you in the glory of his resurrection. He wants to bring into your life and my life that life that rose from the dead. That victory that he won. Somebody say hallelujah. He can bring into us everlasting life. The life that came out of the empty tomb. Lord, we thank you tonight. Lord, we bless you tonight. Lord, deliver us from superficiality. We want to see your glory revealed in our lives. We want to allow you, Lord, to do something deeper than what we know. Lord, help us to be willing to go the extra mile to allow you reveal more 
of the mystery of salvation in our life and through our life. Help us, Lord, not to, not to just stay and, and not go all the way with the cross. Help us, Lord, by your wonderful Holy Spirit to identify with you in everything, just as you took our place on Calvary's cross. Thank you, dear Father. Thank you, wonderful Father. We give you honor and glory.